welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. I hope that you've all had a really, really good weekend. It's been another week of pivot, 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 but we're here for it and we're just so thankful for who God is. We're thankful that He is the rock on which we stand. Just like the song says, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Uh, we had a worship night planned this weekend, uh, so that would have been yesterday. Last night we had a worship night. Um, so we didn't have any formal preaching of any kind planned for this weekend, and I, Pastor Jake was going to preach this morning, but the Lord just began to stir some things in my heart. So this message today isn't as much of a preach as it is uh, like a vitamin B12 shot from the Spirit of God to all of us just to encourage us this morning, just to remind us to keep going, keep putting one foot in front of the other to remind us that Jesus is still here. I'm so thankful for his word. I'm so thankful for this series of Like Jesus this season. It's really been such an anchor for my heart and just reminding me of being focused on the right things and that is Jesus Christ and that is his word. So God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word that is powerful. Lord, it is strong. It is our firm foundation. Lord, we thank you for your presence today. God, we thank you that even in the midst of seasons, even in the midst of storms, Lord God, we know that you are present with us, that not for one moment, God, have you forsaken us, Lord, and we thank you that you ever remind us of who you are, Lord, and you're drawing us today. You're drawing us this morning again to the right things to come and sit at your feet, Lord. So we thank you for your word. We thank you for the word of encouragement that you have for us. And we all said, amen. If you're having church with people in your house today, say amen. Text a friend, text a family on your phone and say amen. Amen means so be it. So what that's literally saying is every time that we say amen to the word of God, we're saying, yeah, I'm going to have that God. I'm reaching my hand up to you and I'm agreeing with what your word says. So the reason why I'm standing in front of you today is so the Lord began to put two words inside of my spirit this week. So I'm going to be reading a lot of the pa- off the page uh, this morning um, because the Lord had specific things that I believe that he wanted me to reach you. But the two words that he put in my spirit for you guys, for, for myself, for my family, was take heart. It's a word by the Spirit of God for our church today. Hope City Church, take heart heart. And the first thing the Lord put in my spirit um, um, when I began to put this together was he said, you have more valiance inside of you than you know. And you're like, what is the word valiance? I've heard of the word valiant. It's not the word valance like a blind. It's the word valiance. You have more valiance inside of you, Hope City Church, than you know. And if you're not from Hope City Church, that includes you. Valiance means, means strong. It means strength. It means to be brave. It means to be courageous. You are brave. 
you are strong and you are courageous. And I know what scripture a lot of you are thinking right now is out of Joshua 1, where the Lord said over and over and over to Joshua, uh, only be strong and courageous for the Lord is with you wherever you go. And the Lord just kept saying it over and over to Joshua. And he and the Lord, and here's the thing, if we went back and looked at this, uh, which we don't have time for today, um, but the Lord didn't just say, be strong. The Lord said to Joshua, only be strong and courageous because I am with you, Joshua, wherever you go. The Lord's reminding us today, you have more valiance inside of you than you could possibly know. And may that rise inside of us in the name of Jesus. God is reminding us that he is with us this week. He is with us this weekend. He is with us today. He is with us in the coming weeks in every pivot that we have to make in this season. So take courage today and remember that the victory is yours. Something the Spirit of God reminded me of last night was victory is in your bloodline, Jen. Victory is in your family's bloodline, church. Defeat is not in your bloodline. There's been like this blanket of defeat that's just tried to come over the body of Christ. Defeat is not in our bloodline. Fear is not in our bloodline. Anxiousness and anxiety is not in our bloodline. Courage is in our bloodline. Bravery is in our bloodline. Valiance is in our bloodline. Victory is in our bloodline. So if you have a Bible today or a device, I want you to turn to John 16, 33. And this really is the main scripture that we are going to focus on. And I know many of you know it well. And this was Jesus speaking to his disciples. And this was right before he was about to go on the cross. So a lot of these last words that he was speaking to his disciples was preparing them for something that they didn't fully understand. But Jesus said to them, he said, I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. The Lord is saying his words over us today, church, that in him we may have peace. Mean, peace means wholeness, where there's nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. But then Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulations. In this world, you're going to have trials. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. There's those two words. Take heart. I have over come the world. If you go study out that word tribulation in the Greek, it means pressure, pressure. We get that, hey, this season. It means squeezing. Tribulation can also make us feel like there's no way of escape, that this is going to last forever. It can begin to make us feel hopeless. It can cause us to feel hemmed in. It feels like it's never going to end. The Lord's saying, he's saying this to his disciples, in this world, you're going to have that. But then he said, but take heart. And that's the part that we need to focus. The news and all of this, it's trying to get us to focus on the tribulation. It's trying to get us to focus on the trials. It's trying to get us to focus on the trouble and the fear and the anxiety. And some of that we do need to pay attention to because Ephesians 5 says to walk as wise, not as fools. But we are children of God and we must also stand upon the word in seasons like this to have a holy resilience rise up inside of us that we would begin to walk by faith and not by sight. So Jesus said, take heart, which means take courage in the Greek. I like this. It says to have warm confidence, not just confidence, but warm confidence. It means be of good cheer. It's the very words of Jesus today. It's going to be okay, church. He's saying, take heart, 
Take courage. Have warm confidence in me today. Be of good cheer. Stand upon my word. I'm with you. You might be feeling scared today, but God's telling us to take heart. You might be feeling alone today, but he says, take heart. You might be feeling discouraged today, but he says, take heart. You might be feeling vulnerable today, but he's saying, take heart. You might be feeling anxious today, but he's saying, take heart. You might be feeling overwhelmed and defeated today, but he's saying, take heart. You might be feeling overcome today, but he's saying, take heart. Jesus Christ has overcome all of it. And we need to remember that as Jesus Christ, he is our Lord and Savior. And when we come under him, when we stand upon his word, we can find rest for our souls and begin to take heart in that. One of the most common questions I get asked, and I'm sure Pastor Jake as well, and, and perhaps many of you, is why is life not easy if I am a Christian? Suddenly people think that suddenly you become a Christian and just like you, you take this magic pill and everything is suddenly going to be okay. Well, we live in a fallen world for one. That doesn't change. We live in a world full of chaos, sin, and destruction. But, but, just like Jesus said, but I have overcome the world. But we have the word of God. But we have God. But we have Jesus, but we have the Holy Spirit that will help lead us and guide us into all truth. But he has overcome the world. Jesus said life would never be easy. He never said that in the scripture. He never said that life would be comfortable. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. Jesus Christ himself willingly gave up his life for us. That wasn't comfortable. But God gave us his Holy Spirit to comfort us in our discomfort. He gave us his word so that we wouldn't feel alone, that we had something to stand upon in seasons of discomfort. Jesus didn't die, church, so that we could be comfortable. He died so that we could have life. He died so that we could have so much life that we could give it away. He died so that we could have a peace in seasons like this that passes, that transcends all understanding, a peace that doesn't make sense to the world. He wants us taking heart in such a way, standing on his word in such a way that we have more than enough to give away. And our world needs peace. Our world needs Jesus inside of us, the hope of glory. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble, you're going to have pressure, you're going to feel hemmed, and you're going to feel squeezed, but be of good cheer, take heart. I've overcome all of that. We have a history of troubles in my family. Uh, I'm sure that you don't in yours. Just kidding. Um, but before I arrived on the planet, many people don't know, I was to be aborted. And I try not to cry whenever I share this story, but I actually shouldn't be here. And I thank God for that, and I thank my mom for that. But God intervened, intervened big time into my life, and here I am. Our family, my side of the family, has known a great amount of addiction. It's known a great amount of alcohol abuse in my personal life, a great amount of sexual abuse as a child. There's been a lot of fallout in my family because of the war. On my mom's side, she was born in Germany. 
Uh, my grandfather was actually in the Nazi Youth Army, not because he wanted to, but because he didn't have a choice. Our family lived through all of that, what entailed in Europe over there. And even at the end of my Oma's life, she denied that any of it ever happened because the pain was just too hard for her to think about or admit. Uh, her family fled from Germany for a hope of a better life. They moved to Canada when my mom was a toddler. On my dad's side, he's Irish, we're Irish. Uh, my Irish family came to Canada in hope of a better life, having dealt with all the pain that took place with the potato famine in the year of 1845. In December, on December 31st, 2018, Pastor Jake and I were at Greek Island's restaurant in Chilliwack, and uh, we had just moved here to Pastor Hope City Church to be with all of you. And uh, we were just waiting in, um, we were waiting to get our table and, and the Lord said, pull out your phone, I have some things that I want to tell you. So I began to, I pulled out my phone and I began to lean in and listen as we just sat there for those 15 minutes waiting for our table. And the Lord said, I'm going to begin to speak to you about 2019. Well, the last thing that I wrote in my phone was, he said, you're going to go to Ireland. And I thought, huh, that's really interesting. I'm going to go to Ireland. Okay, well, I'm going to write that down. The Bible says prove all things. Um, so just, you know, nothing can, nothing can, you know, no harm can be happened by writing down that I'm going to Ireland. So I wrote it down. Lo and behold, I end up in Ireland fall of last year. I ended up going down with a bunch of ladies from Nashville that I really didn't know well, and they didn't know me well, but God opened a door and there I was. And we were, we were there to write music in Ireland. We were there with Ray Hughes, who was telling us all about the land. And little did I know the redeeming work of grace that God was going to do in my life. I thought that I was there for uh, another reason, and often God does that in our lives, right? We think that we're, we're going on this journey of the Lord for this thing, but he, you know, for this purpose, but he has this greater purpose that he has for us in, in the way that he's leading and navigating our lives. So here we are, we're, we're writing music in Ireland closer to the end of the trip. And then we met a pastor and he asked us to come and lead worship in his church. So here we are, there's like 30 women, can you imagine that, leading worship together on a stage in a church and not a big church, you know, in Ireland. And a powerful time, beautiful time together, you know, just as everyone's just lifting up their voice and, you know, we're just singing arise, arise, you know, and God's just releasing such a sound of worship in the place. And um, before I left, I want to take a moment and just um, meet the pastor and just thank him and just for being so welcoming to us. And he said, I, I was glad that I got to talk to you. He said, because when I saw you walking into the church today, he said, I was reminded of a vision that I had 15 years ago. And he said, in that vision, I saw the tall ships leaving Ireland. People were leaving Ireland back then in the 1800s because people were starving, literally starving to death because there was no food. But he said, here's the thing. At the end of my vision, I saw ships coming back. And he said, you, re you represent that ship coming back. He said, you're a remnant in your family coming back, standing in the gap for your family um, because of what the enemy has stolen. And he said, can I pray for you, Jenny? Can I pray for you like you're Irish? Can I pray for you like you're one of us? Because you are. And I'm just crying and I'm like, yes, you can pray for me. You can pray for me. He said, I believe that God wants to restore what was lost and what was broken. It was a powerful moment. I'll never forget it. Church, things are being shaken this season. 
you feel shook. I'm sure many of you feel shook, but God is telling us to take, excuse me, heart. There are things in your life that you think that have been lost. There are things in your life that, that might have been stolen. They might have been broken. They might have been cracked. They might have been abused, mistreated, hurt, or abandoned. But you're still standing, church, and you're still here. If you're standing today and you're still here, take heart because God still wants to use you in this season. He has called you to this season for a mighty purpose. He's called you to this region for a mighty purpose. He's called you into your family in this season to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord for his mighty purposes. Don't waver. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't be shaken, but stand still and take heart. He wants us to remember that today. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and I'm not going to turn to it, but if you want to, it's 1 John 5, 4. I'm going to read it out of the uh, um, ESV translation. It says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Then it says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You're a whatever. I'm a whatever, not like a whatever, but you're a whatever, whoever. You're a whatever, whoever called for such a time as this. If you are born of God, which you are because you have breath in your lungs and you've given your life to Jesus, that means that you're an overcomer. Don't fall prey to succumbing to the pressures of what is happening this season. But I encourage you today to stand upon the word and take heart because the word is saying whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We're born of God. That means we're an overcomer. One of the scriptures that kept coming up if you remember, and, and I actually heard Marlene, um, Marlene came up to me on Saturday night. She reminded me of this scripture too, was out of Hebrews 12, 27. It says, all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. As we come to the end of this season, we can see we have feel shook. We have been shaken. You're seeing shaking happening around all around the kingdom of God so that only the unshakable things will remain. And then I wrote here, why are we so surprised when God's word comes to pass? We have the word of God. We have the spirit of prophecy. We have prophecy surrounding all of us each and every day. Why are we surprised when we are being shaken? Why are we surprised at the things that are taking place in the world? Don't be surprised by it. Don't be surprised by any of it because God is up to something good. He is shaking so that the holy things, the things that he has called to last, will remain. There are things that have been shaken in your life this season, and there's still some shaking to come, church. Prepare yourself. Things are being awakened, and like Pastor Jake spoke so wonderfully two weeks ago, he said the dead things are coming back to life. There are things in your life that are being resurrected, mended, healed, revealed, recalibrated. Are you here for it? If we're going to be here for it, we can't just pretend like this season is happening. We can't just hide under the covers in our bed, just waiting for the storm to pass. 
but we have to stand in the midst of the storm, holding the word of God in our hand, lifting our voice up, uh, strong, standing with one another, being strong and courageous because there are things that the Lord wants to strengthen inside of each and every one of us. Just like trees have to stand in the midst of the wind, trees have to stand in the midst of the weather. As they're standing through every season, they become stronger and stronger and stronger. As you're standing in this season and there's some days you're like, I don't know if I can take anymore. Jesus is saying, take heart, I'm with you and we're growing and we're coming stronger and stronger and stronger. We don't have to do this life without Jesus. Let's be here for it. Let's stand strong and firm in the word of God. Ephesians 6.13 says, and having done all to stand, stand firm. It didn't just say, and having done all to stand, just stand. It's saying, having done all to stand, stand firm. Well, how do we stand firm? With this. The only way that we can stand firm, church, is with the Word of God. Uh, really been enjoying having two services on Saturday night, and uh, it's just really been interesting uh, seeing the way that the Spirit of God moves differently in both services. But in the first service, the Spirit of God had a word for us. And, and, you know, as we continue our services together, be listening for those words that the Spirit of God is saying because He's speaking to us. It says that in the Word of God in the book of Revelation, hear the wind blowing through the churches. Listen for the little things that the Spirit of God says. And He said this, He said, pace yourself, church. We have to pace ourselves this season um, so we don't get tired so that we don't get weary, so that we don't want to give up and quit. We are called to go the distance, church. You have a calling that needs to go the distance. We don't want spiritual abortions. No spiritual abortions are going to happen in the name of Jesus. But every assignment for your life, every assignment for our church will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. We must pace ourselves we must guard ourselves against battle fatigue. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before, but the first time the term battle fatigue was used was in 1941. Now it's known as combat stress re reaction. It's an acute reaction that includes a range of behaviors resulting from the stress of battle um, that decrease the combatants fight, fighting efficiency. The most common symptoms of battle fatigue are, listen up, okay, it's fatigue, Slower reaction times, one becomes slower to be able to respond than normal. You can't think quickly. Another symptom is indecision. One has the inability to make up their mind about things. Another symptom is disconnection from one's surroundings. We check out, we zone out, we fall prey to escapism. For some people, it might look like scrolling, 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 scrolling on your phone in an hour. You're like, my God, what have I done? What have I done with my time? Another symptom is the inability to prioritize. We have trouble focusing and staying consistent on the tasks that we know that we need to do and get completed. Are you feeling a little tired this season, church? Are you feeling a little worn out? Are you feeling a little bit weary? Thinking about that scripture right now out of Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, where it says, Come to me, all who are weary, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, Galatians 6, 9 says, Don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season you will reap if you do not faint, give up, or quit. So when the Spirit of God gives us a word, it is for a reason. He's saying, pace yourselves. We're called to our city for a purpose. 
not just for a purpose, but for a holy purpose. We are called as a church to fulfill our holy assignment for our city and for the various ministry streams that we're called to walk to together. So let's take heed to the Spirit of God when he says, pace yourself. Part of taking heart is that we need to pace ourselves and not be going so hard all the time, so much. There's a lot of things going on this season. And for many of us, there's just too much going on all of the time. There's a lot of things that we could be doing, but what should we be doing? I find rest and peace in my life by crying out to the Lord and just praying the Lord's prayer and saying, God, I thank you that your kingdom come and that your will would be done. I find so much peace in that. I know Pastor Jake's favorite scripture, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. And I love it when he prays that because I find so much peace and solace in that because I'm not trying to take the reins. I'm not trying to take um, control for everything, but I'm surrendering to him and giving him full control. I find rest and saying, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life, in my kid's life, in my husband's life. God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in our church. Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in every family and every heart in our church. We can't lose heart in the midst of the battle church. Take heart. In the middle of the season, don't lose hope, but take heart. We must hold on to Jesus. We must reach out to him like never before. You're not in this battle alone this season. In fact, we're not even fighting this battle. The battle's already be won, but Jesus fights this battle for us. He's fighting for you. He's walking, he's walking with you. We must remember to take a lot of intentional time with the Lord this season. How do we begin to take heart? You know, it's really simple. And this is something that the Lord's really been challenging me on is, am, am I really willing just to take God at his word when I don't understand it? Am I really willing to just take God at his word when I don't see it happening? Someone messaged me yesterday on their phone and they're, they're basically, were just done. They were done standing upon the word. They were done with this, they're done with that. And, and I kind of, we had this relationship so I could say that. And I was just like, what makes you think that you're the only person in the world that's had to stand on the word for more than two days because they didn't see anything happen? We got to stand on the word. We've got to hide the word in our heart. The Lord's been, been having me memorize scripture again because when the storms of life come, if we haven't been standing on the word, if we haven't been hiding the word in our heart, when the storms come, what's going to rise up? Well, the word isn't going to rise up because we don't know the word. But when we know the word, when we memorize the word, when the pressures come, when the troubles come, when the tribulations come, you know what's rising up? Faith is rising. The word of God is rising inside of our heart. And in that, we can begin to take heart because we're reminded once again, right, God, you are with me. You are in this season. It's going to be okay. We've got to take God at his word and believe God like he is true, like his word is true, because it is. It is. Great victories are preceded by great battles. History has taught us that well, and we just need to practically and pragmatically remember things like that. When the battle is great, church, know that there is an even greater victory on the other side of it. The enemy overplays his hand some seasons, like this season. We know that there's a greater victory on the, inside of, uh, on the other side of this season. I want to end this morning by reading a, a speech by Winston Churchill. And you're like, really? You're going to read a speech by Winston Churchill? Well, I just, I pulled some different parts out of it. And uh, uh, Winston Churchill, he was the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. 
from 1940 to 1945, and then again. Um, but this was when he led the country to victory in the Second World War. It was a speech entitled Never Give In. Many people called it Never Give Up, and that, that might be, if you've ever heard this, you've heard this speech as Never Give Up, but it's actually Never Give In. Uh, he was speaking this at Harrow School in the United Kingdom. It was October 29th, 1941. Okay? You're going to be shocked at how relevant this is. He said this to these high school boys, okay? You cannot tell from appearances how things will go. Sometimes imaginations makes things out far worse than they are, yet without imagination, not much can be done. Those people who are imaginative see many more dangers than perhaps exist, certainly many more than will happen. But then they must also pray to be given that extra courage to carry out this far-reaching imagination. Never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in. Except to the convictions of honor and good sense, never yield to force, never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. Do not let us speak of darker days. Let us speak rather of sterner and uncompromising days. These are not dark days. These are great days. The greatest days our country has ever lived. And we must all thank God that we have been allowed, each and every one of us, according to our stations, to play a part in making these days memorable in, his, in the history of our race. These are not dark days, church. These are great days. These are days of the glory of God. God is reminding us to take heart. God is reminding us to take courage. Take heart, church, and make your mark in history. You have been called for such a time as this. You cannot afford to pull the blankets over your eyes in this season and pretend like the storms aren't happening. Stand in the midst of the storm. Stand with the word of God. Stand side by side with your church family, with your family, and begin to take your place. Declare the word of the Lord. Stand upon it like it's true. Like it's true. Fulfill your holy assignment in the midst of the years, in the midst of the season, these are not dark days. These are great days for the glory of God. You have been called for such a time as this. These are days of the glory of God. These are the days that we've longed for. We sing songs like, get ready for the miracle, get ready for the joy. Well, this is all part of it. There isn't a this and that. There's no pot of gold. The glory of God is hovering. It's taking place right now. Hearts are reviving. These are the days of revival that we have been praying for. We have been longing for. Are you here for it? Are you pressing in? The Spirit of God is saying, take heart. He's saying, make your mark. I want to read a scripture at the end here, and I wasn't planning on reading this, but it's in Zephaniah 3 and I'm just going to read 16 and 17, and I'm going to read this like the Lord is saying it to you, okay? He says, Fear not. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you today with loud singing, not just with singing, but with loud singing. And it's like I can hear the Lord saying, Take heart. 
He's saying, take heart. He's saying, take your place. He said, I put breath in your lungs for such a time as this. Don't grow weary in the midst of the season. Don't grow weary in the midst of the storm. For in due season, when you take heart, you will reap if you do not give in and you do not give up. Like the speech said from Winston Churchill, never give in, never give in, never, never, never. We take God at his word. Let God be true. Let God be true and magnified over and over and over in our life. Let the people see Jesus and by seeing Jesus be transformed from one degree of glory to another. These are not dark days, church. These are great days. We love you. We thank God for you. We're praying for you. We have a song that we're going to sing, so I want to end with that this morning. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.